How would you like some peanut butter with that jelly sandwich? Mother. Hey, oh, it's the Chris Court Show. Hey, oh. This is Josh Morningstar. You're listening to the Chris Court Show, and this episode is brought to you by. Fat Albert now? I'm Fat Albert. How's everyone doing? And how are you, Matt? Tired. Oh, you poor baby go to tired. I'm tired. You too tired. <laughs> I need a nappy. You need a little nappy. <laughs> now, see if we're you can't have a diaper. I'm oh yeah. <laughs> As we learned from our previous interview with uh, the battery farm. Hope you guys liked. That episode with the battery battery farm, I told you it was a, it was a, a a hilarious episode. It was a great episode. Yeah, um, I feel like it just happened. Yeah, well, you know, good things come to those who wait. That's true, and that's why here it is another interview episode, and I am very 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 excited about this. Josh, who, who did we interview? Morningstar. Oh, I didn't interview him. You didn't interview him. No, no, I was by myself because. You had to work. I have a job. That pays me. <laughs> yeah. This pays you too. Motherfucker, I've been losing money here. I buy whiskey. <laughs> I buy cigars. I buy ads. Ants. Ads. Oh, ads. Um, well Equipment. I I, I home <laughs> I just made homebrewed bear. That was terrible. Oh, <laughs> it was absolutely terrible. You know, I've been doing it since what two thousand. You know, this was not a good one. Two thousand thirteen. Something went wrong. I think so far I had three or four batches that were just not good. This one definitely was not good. This one wasn't good. You, you're the one who said it was good. It wasn't terrible at first, but the more I drank it, it was bad. Well, you're the motherfuckers that said put more maple syrup in it. No, your I wife. Your be- wife said that. Right, but I and said... And I said, I don't disagree with her. <laughs> <laughs> but that was after the fact. You already did it. Already did it. So I, I hope you guys did enjoy the last show. Like I said, we are we have an interview here with Josh Morningstar. It's just me in this. And, man, it was really cool. Uh, he had a lot of uh, good, um, uh, you know, outlooks on different things and... Uh, on the radio uh, now, the country music. Um, Josh Morningstar uh, wrote a song called Must Be the Whiskey, and Cody Jinks um, recorded it. Um, and you'll hear that in the interview. And, you know, uh, that thing just, that song just it blew up. Shot up. Yep. Um, and, you know, and uh, we, me and you just seen Cody Jinks at the Harley yeah, Davidson Fest. Yeah. Uh, he was open. really good, too. I opened up it. for Foo Fighters. That's when I peed my pants. During Foo Fighters, you peed your pants. Yeah, well, I didn't want to move. But you still ended up half peeing your pants and then going to the bathroom. To get well, to because if I felt disgusted. <laughs> <laughs> and you had to ride on your bike on the way back. You know. You didn't shower that night either. And I laid in the same bed with you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> everyone pees their pants. <laughs> if you ain't. Wait, what is it? What is it? 
You ain't cool unless you pee your pants. <laughs> you ain't cool if you don't pee your pants. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, so it's a man, and you can hear in this episode, it, it's kind of funny, at the end, um, there was a... <laughs> There was a little chipmunk that got into the uh, the studio here, and right at the end of the, you you probably won't hear it. I got the video for it, but how um, did the chipmunk get in the studio? I, I have no clue. <laughs> All of a sudden, Josh was talking to me, and I felt bad. Like right at the end, this fucking chipmunk was looking me right in the fucking face. But he I got up on the table. No, but I ignored it. You know, I ignored it. Um, Just let him gnaw on your ankle. Yeah, I was I was a little more interested in um not dealing with this chipmunk here. And he uh, just kicked him. Yeah. He probably would have screwed away. I doubt it. I don't mean like kick him hard, just like, you know, give him a little nudge. Yeah, you're uh, I'm gonna get the P E T A after you. People for eating tasty animals. What? <laughs> but um yeah, so it was it was a, it was an awesome interview. I really, really did not wanna end the uh the episode but i did have my fucking uh, kid had to go to karate i had to take him to karate you also had a 40 minute time limit i had a 40 minute time limit and i do want to talk to him again because that was that was fun um like i said it was like you know he was down to earth dude and yeah you have you show me a couple snippets of the interview snippets nothing major so i still got to check it out myself yeah it was really good it was really good like i said that we we talked a, a lot um you know, about a lot of cool things and uh, very appreciated of that. Good. Sounds like you had fun. You look tired as shit. I am. God, go to sleep. Long. The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So anyway, uh, let's just get into the song here. And uh, I do talk a lot about, uh, and we did play Josh Morningstar on our uh, uh, season what uh, season was that? Twenty two. Very early in the episode. Uh, yeah, season, it yeah. was like one of our first episodes <laughs> uh, uh, in season twenty two. I'll try to find it during the song that I played. Josh Morningstar, "Damn These Birds," which is probably one of my favorite songs by Josh Morningstar. Um, but this one too, I was talking talking about, and Josh Morningstar does kind of say what the song was about, um, and you know, it, it goes uh, um, into his. Um, his drug addiction and him getting out of it and, you know, and being clean now. So, but there was this other song that I do mention in it. Um, and I really, really like this song. Like I told him, it's, it's kind of like a modern oldies song. It was season 22 episode four. Yeah. So it was right there. So without further ado, let's get into this song. This is Josh Morningstar. We were there. On the Chris Court And she walks along the sidewalk to rain And she shivers in the cold While I try to hide my longing, my falling She goes about her mundane Monday morning Making music from the madness of the taxi cabs And windows taking change And I watch from the window as I drink Morning coffee that's as black Came from a lover who once held her How I wish that I 
Are you tired of listening to music on the radio? When you can listen to music like this... Bands and more can be found on the Chris Court Show with all new episodes. All right, Josh Morningstar, we were there. That was really cool. Yeah, I liked it a lot. And see, and, and very different from the first song I played from them. Well, that's another thing. Like you could in the interview that you're about to hear. He kind of talks like you know it's it's hard for a uh, record label to go onto a record label because there's not quite a place to put his music. I mean, I still think that like if you listen to the majority of his songs, a lot of them do have like almost a folk vibe to it. Yeah, you were saying that like yeah. a folk vibe, but it's more like modern than like your traditional folk music. So yeah, well, you were saying well, while we were listening to it, electric folk. Because <laughs> yeah, well, I said this would have like a lot more electrical like. Like electric band stuff in the background, like almost synthesizers. Dylan already did it, man. <laughs> Dylan did it when he maybe picked up the electric it, maybe guitar. Maybe he's bringing it back. Yeah, like the modern day Dylan. Yeah. This will be like EDM folk. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to classify it as either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but it's really cool. Yeah. And uh, classified, cool music. We were so yeah, we were talking talking about it, and uh, you know that was another song that I brought up. I mean, you just got to listen to this interview; it's really cool. Uh, again, he had a lot of um, a lot of outlooks on different things. Uh, you know, as far as country music goes, and you know, um, and he talks about him, uh, you know, writing that song "Must Be the Whiskey," and how it felt like for Cody Jinx to. You know, record it and brought him up on stage. I, I don't want to ruin it, so let's yeah. just get into the interview. Yep. Let's just get into this interview. Thanks a lot for listening and listen more because right now we're going to play the interview by Josh Morningstar here on the Chris Gord Show. <laughs> I met Mockingbird, she sang the song to me, gave me some fentanyl. All right, so how you doing, man? I'm good, man. How about yourself? Good, good, good. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, been watching your uh, live uh, videos in the mornings, and, uh, you know, you sound really good. You're doing really good. Man, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Yeah, so I did. I want to talk to you about something that is just been on the top of my head. So, uh, damn these birds! That is a okay. fucking awesome, phenomenal song. Um, especially oh, one man. of the lyrics, uh, "Killing pain that doesn't hurt." Phenomenal lyric. Yes, sir. So, how? Did, where did you come Thanks, up with this man. song? 
Uh, are we recording now? Like we're good to go? Yeah, we're good to go. Is, okay. I just wanted to be sure. Um, so uh, I, uh, I'm a recovering heroin addict. I've been off heroin for 12 years. Um, but nobody wakes up one day and says, hey, I think I'm going to do, do heroin today. At least in my experience, that's yeah. not how it goes. Um, I, I got into opiates. Uh, I was having seizures. Um, and when I was out of these seizures, I would be in so much pain from my body being tensed up and, and you know, everything that goes along with the seizure uh, that the doctors prescribed me uh, Vicodin. And uh, this this was back, this would have been like 07, 08, when doctors were still giving out painkillers like M&Ms. Um, I've talked to, to doctors since then that couldn't believe that a doctor would give me Vicodin for pain after a seizure, but that's what happened. And uh, I was on it for about 10 months, and I was having about a seizure a day, one a day. Um, oh, so I was taking painkillers every day. You know, and and when you do something that is, you know, when you do something every day, especially something like an opiate where your body becomes dependent on it, you you need it, right? Well, yeah. eventually they just cut me off. They said, okay, we're not going to give you any more painkillers. Well, by that point I was hooked. So I started buying them on the street and it's a slippery slope, man, from, from pain pills to heroin, uh, Heroin's a much cheaper alternative, and you know when you're buying it shit on the street, you you want as much bang for your buck, so to speak, as possible. Right. And, uh, it didn't take long to go from from painkillers to heroin, um, but so so that's essentially where it came from was was just my past history with opiates. Um, but you know all those <laughs> every drug. Every prescription drug I mentioned in that song, from fentanyl to Demerol, Vicodin, Percocet, all I've, I've done them all. Um, Demerol was, or I'm sorry, not Demerol, Dilaudid was actually the first drug that I ever injected intravenously. Um, oh wow! And then once you once you do that, man, uh, <laughs> you're not far from from the big H at all. Yeah. <laughs> so. But you are, but you're you're doing going strong now. Yes, sir. Uh, my clean date is October seventeenth, two thousand eleven. So hey, man! Congrats. Up. Appreciate you, man. So it's coming up on twelve years and what two weeks? Actually, two weeks from today. Yeah, it'll be twelve years. Um, that morning, I woke up and I decided that I was either going to kill myself and die, just overdose and die that day, or I was never going to touch the stuff again and. Uh, you know, I'm still not sure why I decided to, uh, to hang around, but I did. And here we are <laughs> 12 years. There's later, a reason so for that. everything, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I agree. And, uh, yeah, I did want to introduce you. Uh, this is Josh Morningstar who we're talking to and sorry, I, I just wanted to jump into that song. Cause the man, I've been playing that on repeat, but I do want to say thank you for coming you on. Were Man, thank you for having me on. I, I appreciate it, and I'm glad it worked out. Uh, you were kind of cutting out there, man. I'm going to go back inside so I can hear you a little better. Oh, you're good. You're good. Cool. So, yeah, you're, uh, you know, and I've been listening to you for years now. 
Um, so, you know, it's, it's kind of cool talking to you about this too. Uh, I, you're an excellent writer, man. Um, what goes into the process of your, uh, writing a song? Like what types of things inspire you? Um, life. So even if it's not a song where it's something I specifically have lived out, there's always going to be elements of myself in there. Um, yeah, my, my biggest inspirations, it would have to be life and just the, the things I've, uh, the things I've gone through. I, I have a little spiel I give in my live show, uh, where I say one thing or something you should know about me. I'm a crazy person. And I don't mean crazy like, ha, 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 he's so crazy. I mean, we, the defendant, find, or we, the jury, find the defendant, that mm-hmm. type of crazy. Yeah. And that's, that's the truth, man. So a lot, most of my songs, I'd say probably 90% of them, if not more, um, they come from life. Uh, and I think it's probably a blessing and a curse. Um, in, in a way, it's therapeutic. Um, in another way, you have to relive all these horrible events every night. You know what I mean? Right, Singing yeah. these songs. So kind of a blessing and a curse. But um, the guys that I've always admired, whether it be Hank Williams or Towns Van Zandt, Chris Christopherson, or even through to you know, Billy Don Burns, all these people have always put big pieces of themselves into their art. And that's just how I've always done it. Yeah, and and for Hank Williams, you're talking about senior, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm a huge Hank Williams fan. Um, I actually just got the other day uh Luke the Drifter album on vinyl. I was really excited about that. Uh-huh. I, I you, I'm sure you heard of that. Have you heard of that, the Luke the Drifter? Oh yeah, yes, yeah. sir. Be careful of the thrones of stone throw. men with broken hearts. Yeah, uh, yeah. All that stuff, man. <laughs> that that's some of my stuff yeah man stuff i mean i get into you know hey good looking and all that kind of stuff but you can tell especially with the luke the drifter stuff that it's coming a real place for him you know no yeah yeah uh yeah there's there's just i can go on and on about hank um so you get yeah oh there you go nice i was actually thinking about getting a tat i'm a huge uh john lennon fan so i have a john lennon tattoo on me so awesome know, all awesome. the artisans yeah man us. hank's big hank's big here we got picture oh, wow. there got life-size cut out over here in the in the corner that is awesome <laughs> hank's, hank's big. yeah he's big around here man yeah <laughs> yeah we were in uh nashville um i want to say two years ago uh, you know, we were checking about all, all the Hank Williams. I've seen the Hank uh, or the Johnny Cash Museum. Uh, you know, yeah. it was. it's really cool to know that, you know, even the Ryman Theater, uh, it was cool to know that, you know, once he had s- stood there before, you know, so. It was an awesome thing to do, man. Uh, there's not there's not a whole, there's not a whole lot of places left in Nashville. They've torn so many of them down, but. The yeah. Ryman, obviously. And then um, there's the A Cuff Rose building, which uh, Fred Rose was uh, Hank's mentor, essentially. essentially. Um, he's the guy that wrote 
Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain. Oh, Fred Rose okay. wrote Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain. Um, and he was Hank's publisher, but he was also a father figure in Hank's life. And uh, the Acuff Rose building is still, it's on Melrose Avenue. But that's, Hank would uh, write there some. Um, oh, and wow. then the house on Franklin Road. Uh, the house on Franklin Road, um, forty nine sixteen Franklin Road. So Hank and Audrey's house that was on that property uh, is gone. It was torn down by George Jones and Tammy Wynette, uh, but the driveway's still there, and uh, it's actually the house Tammy Wynette died in. So that house is still there. The property's wow. still there, even though Hank's house is gone. Uh, if you go to Montgomery, um, Alabama, where he's from. Um, he had a house at 10 Stewart Avenue. Him and Audrey was the first house they ever bought. That house is still there, but all of his mom's boarding houses are gone. Um, the Empire Theater is still there. Uh, the city auditorium where he played and also where his funeral was held. Um, it's still there. Wow. Uh, Chris's hot dogs, which is he would uh, play wsfa he'd play on the radio in the morning and then he'd walk down to chris's hot dogs in montgomery that's still there exactly how it was uh that place has been there since like 1927 or 28 something oh, like shit. that and it's still yeah, it's still exactly the same he loved chris's hot dogs so you can go there and then um the jefferson davis hotel which is where wsfa radio station was it's actually um low-income housing now but it's still there. So there's a couple places in and around Nashville and Montgomery you can go to uh, that Hank, you know, was that Hank was at, played at, lived at, whatever. But they're getting they're getting few and far between, man, as the yeah. years go by. Yeah, as, yeah, just like you said, as the years go by, you know, things just start to lose its, uh, you know, memory, and you know, things get torn down. It, it sucks. Yep, it does, brother. I'm with you. I'm a I'm a big proponent for or I'm I'm a, I love history, country music history especially. Yeah. And um, you know, it's sad to think that all these places are are gone, but I guess that's the way of the world. Yeah. So what's your take on uh modern pop country? Well, see, here's the thing, man. Pop country has been around for as long as country music has been around. For example, mm -hmm. Hank Sr. was alive and making records. He was considered, quote-unquote, hard country. Well, guys like Eddie Arnold were considered pop country. Pop country has always been a thing, man, whether you're talking about Eddie Arnold or whether you're talking about uh, Country Politan, the Nashville sound in the 1960s with all the strings and the orchestras on everything. Um it's it's all or going to the 70s guys like bj thomas yeah it's always been a thing man i don't mind pop country my problem is that my problem specifically with pop country is the radio the radio will only play that kind of stuff mm -hmm. if you listen to rock radio they'll play led zeppelin right next to nirvana right next to um you know five finger death punch or whatever band's cool these right. days rock radio has always shown respect to the artists that have come before. Where in country, it's like once you hit 28 or 30, 
you're gone. No more radio play whatsoever, man. And yeah. that's wrong. And that's the program directors. I would never, uh, you know, pop country isn't my thing. It's not the music I listen to. It's not the music I make. But I would never tell a person, hey, you can't like this music or, hey, uh-huh. you shouldn't make this. Everybody's entitled to do to make whatever kind of art they want to make. Um, my problems sure. with the power to be that only, you know, it, it, there's no reason George Jones can't be played right beside Taylor Swift. You know what I mean? Country mm-hmm. music has a long and rich history. And it's like country music has a problem with itself. Quote unquote, mainstream country music has a problem with where it came from. Nashville is a city has always wanted to be accepted by New York and L.A. Always, man. And it's still like that to this day, instead of just being happy that it's Nashville. And that it it all feeds into everything, man. There's no real, like, short answer. (laughs) It all feeds into everything. And if, if the program directors at these stations would play George Jones and then Taylor Swift, and then, you know, Jinx or somebody, mm-hmm. give the people the show that versatility. I think I think that radio in general and specifically country radio would be in much better shape than it is currently. But they only want to play whatever's new, whatever's hot. And that's wrong, man. That's wrong. There's room for everybody. There's room for everyone. Todd Snyder had a real good analogy. He said... Um, that pop country is for the people that were homecoming kings and queens in high school. They grow up, they still need music. You know what I mean? They still want yeah. the stuff. That stuff is made for those type of people. And I kind of agree with that, man. You know, yeah. a lot of people know that are into Morgan Wallen or Luke Bryan, Jason Aldean, all that kind of shit are the people that were, you know, popular in high school. <laughs> right. <laughs> you right. know, all that kind of stuff, man. Um, and that's fine to each their own, more power to everyone. But there's room for all of us. There's room for all of us. Yeah, that's, I've never actually thought about it like that. You know, uh, when you said that uh, radio is playing, you know, things like Led Zeppelin to Nirvana and still kind of relinquishing uh, the uh, old bands. And yeah, c- country radio does not do that at all. No, sir. No, sir. The only way you hear country or older country, traditional country, whatever you want to call it, on the radio is if there's a station devoted specifically towards that. You won't turn on an iHeart radio station and hear, you know, Merle Haggard after Florida Georgia Line. They don't play yeah. Merle Haggard. They just play Florida Line, you know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a very good analogy. Do you listen to any, like, uh, I did read an interview uh, that you were in, I, I forget when it was, uh, but it uh, mentioned that you liked uh, hip-hop as well. Yes, sir. I grew up, so, growing up, I uh, stayed with my grandparents a lot, and um, they were always into, you know, country, Waylon and Willie, and mm-hmm. uh, it was, so they were real big into Hank Jr. and Alabama, Randy Travis, those kinds of things. Um, so, I always had that, but at the same time, I was a rebellious kid, as as we all do. You know what I mean? We all rebel. And uh, as I was growing up, hip-hop was growing up, too, you know? Yeah. So I got... Uh, my grandmother was a librarian. She was also an English teacher, so books and words were always a big part of my life. Uh, 
and I got real into um, artists that I uh, perceived their lyrics as being poetry or artists that were real big on um, like multisyllable rhymes and mm -hmm. internal rhymes, that kind of stuff. My favorite MC is Big Pun. Okay. Um, he's, he's, especially with the internal rhymes, man, he's, he's incredible. And if you listen to a song like um, Damn These Birds, even mm -hmm. though on the surface it might not seem, it might not sound like hip hop, if you listen to the way I'm putting those words together, there's hip hop influence all throughout oh, for sure. yeah man so I, I i still listen to the hip-hop i've always listened to i'm not big on you know the new stuff that i can't they call it mumble rap i can't understand yeah. what they're saying <laughs> I, i'm not into that man but things like big pun guys like tupac uh yeah and you know i have a lot of respect for those guys and consider them all to be influences on my own music yeah, have you ever heard a? Well, I listen to it. I mean, I listen to you know the the top guys too. But there's a lot of underground uh, hip hop. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of Atmosphere. Or Man, I do the one with the tattooed hands live. Oh, I play that damn! Night, yeah, yeah. Oh no shit! Yes, sir. Yep. So back in the early 2000s, when I was part of a hip hop group. Uh, we did a lot of shows with some Rhyme Sayers artists. We played with Atmosphere a bunch. We played with Idea and Abilities a bunch. Oh, shit. Yeah, we played with Blueprint a bunch. Um, I was real big into that Rhyme Sayers stuff when I was like 18, 19, 20. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That is crazy. Small world, man. I was hoping you were going to say Atmosphere. Yeah, I do a version <laughs> of uh, the woman with the tattooed hands on stage. I'd say probably 80% of the shows I play. No shit. Yeah, I'm actually. I'm probably going to be going to one of uh, to your show. I think it's uh, in November in Illinois. Forgot what it is. At the law office. Yes, that's it. Gotcha. Well, man, I'll make sure I do that that night. Then. Yeah, that uh, would be cool. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. That's awesome. There is another uh, a rapper you 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 might like called uh, Astronautilus. Um, I've never heard of him. He's from Florida. He's he's you know really mainstream, but he is really good. So if you ever get a chance, check him out. Astronautilus. Let me write that down. Because yeah, I am, I, I'm still into hip hop. It's just got to be good hip hop. I'm not into the hey hey hey. Yeah. I can't do that. No, me I neither. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to have some meaning to it. Yeah. I'm with you. Cool. I wrote that down. I'll check it out when we get off the phone. Awesome. Yeah. So do you still, uh, are you, do you drink at all or do you still drink? Do you drink at all? Yeah, I drink uh, from time to time. I'm not a big drinker. Uh, I'm a pothead. I smoke a lot of weed. Okay. Uh, yeah. We all have our vices. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I was actually, I mean, back in high school, I used to smoke a lot. And then uh, last year I had just fucking crazy anxiety. So I tried yeah. it again and I, man, it was, it was a bad trip. It was a bad trip. That sucks. <laughs> my eye felt like it was coming out of my head. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, man. Yeah. That's no good. Um, I, I come from a long line of alcoholics. So I always told myself I wasn't going to be a drinker. Now I say that I just went and bought the stuff today to make myself white russian tonight because i've been craving white russian <laughs> um but i'm not 
I come from a long line of alcoholics, so I always told myself I wasn't going to be a drinker. Yeah. So instead, I got fucking hard drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Shit Just to kind of tame it off. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, man, that's awesome. Um, the, the reason I was asking, because uh, I actually have uh, a drink here. I was going to see if you wanted to do a little cheersies or. Yeah, sure. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. I got my coffee here. It's got a little Kahlua in it. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Well, hey, cheers, man. Yeah, same to you, sir. All right. Well, I'm not going to keep you long. Um, I know you're a busy man. You got you got a lot of stuff to do. What's uh, brother? I'm I plan to talk to you for an hour, so we got time. No shit. Well, then, hey, let's <laughs> let's keep going. Yeah, hell yeah. How did the uh, collaboration with uh, writing the the songs with the fans go? Uh, man, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. It, it actually, um, they all went a lot better than I was expected. I, I was expecting the majority of the classes to be with, you know, people that had thought about writing songs but had never tried it. You know what I mean? But yeah. that was the case, man. I had a lot of people... Uh, they consider themselves to be serious songwriters signed up for it. And it That's was cool awesome. because uh, it helped me fund my new record, which is done. Uh, and it also uh, allowed me to work with people that, you know, in a normal situ- quote unquote, normal situation, I may never have, excuse me, I may never have uh, sat down with. So man, it was, they went great. I had a lot of fun doing it. And I think, um the people that signed up for him i think they had a lot of fun too uh yeah. there's a lot of cool songs out there now uh because of them so that's it was awesome. a AM- yeah man i'm sure that'll be exciting too uh you know for them too i mean to have your, your guy, name stamp on it yeah man there was a guy from the netherlands uh that flew over here to do one and um we ended up getting two songs finished and uh he's already been in the studio working on recording them wow yeah man it's pretty cool yeah that was a very creative idea thanks man it was uh you know like i said i needed it to help fund my new record so it, it worked for that and it also gave me a chance to connect with new people so i i really enjoyed it yeah and how is the how's the new record going can you say anything about it or uh yeah, man. It's done it's all done uh actually it just got sent off to mastering today uh so once it's mastered it's done done um but as far as like you know all the recordings done and all of that um i've been talking to a few different labels i want to put it out with someone that's going to get it in front of uh new eyeballs you know yeah the thing about me man um a lot of the the country music fans or the crowd in country music, country music in general, traditionally has been a very conservative fan base. And uh, I'm very liberal as a person. Yeah. Uh, and like I write songs that have country, uh, a country influence, but I stopped considering myself a country singer, quote unquote, or a country songwriter years ago. Um, I'm just, I consider myself to be a songwriter 
now, just whatever kind of song. Yeah. Um, so with that being the case and my music not being, you know, country in the way most people think of it, um, I, I need to try to connect with a with an audience that, you know, is a little left of center like I am, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm trying to find a label uh, to put it out that will put some uh, some PR behind it and get it in front of some new eyeballs in the hopes of finding uh, yeah. my crowd. Like I'm eternally grateful uh, to Cody Jenks and to anyone that is kind of uh, or to anyone that's recorded my songs or anyone that I'm associated with, mm-hmm. especially level of someone like him. But uh, I'm I'm not a country singer, you know, and yeah. I don't. Um, so a lot of Jinx's crowd are country fans and, you know, they like the songs that I write and, you know, they like the way Cody does them. But when they hear me, it's like, well, that guy's not country. So I need to find my crowd, you know? So yeah. That's what and I'm- it's definitely out there, man. I mean, from the stuff that, like I said, you know, I was going the other day, I was just going through, through your songs and, uh, a song uh, uh, that you wrote, uh, what was it called? Uh, we Were There. Yeah, that's that's, one, yeah. That was just very catchy, and it reminded me of like a modern uh, oldies song. I, I mean, to me. No, I appreciate that, man. So that's probably, um, as far as lyrically, that's probably my favorite song of mine that I've written. Um, now, when we did the production for it, uh, or when we recorded it, the drum beat from that song came from uh, the Nas song. I know I can be what I want to be if I mm-hmm. work hard. Enough. That's where that drum pattern came th- from. So it has, oh no shit, you know, yeah. So it has kind of a hip hop feel to it, and I think that that probably turns some people away from it, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's what I that song needed, and. Lyrically, that's that's probably my favorite song of mine that I've written. I just think it tells a, a good story and paints a good picture. Yeah, um, and it definitely yeah. did. Thanks, man. Yeah, like I said, I, I think, you know, there's always that, uh, uh, you know, that label that people try to throw on someone. Especially, I mean, back in the uh, back in the day when they used to have like you know CDs out, like what genre are you looking for, country? So there's always like a label on on music, and yeah. it's one of the things I can't stand because even if like you have a alternative rock band that decides they want to do more like pop or or or, or hip hop or whatever, they'll still mm-hmm. put them in alternative. Yes, sir. Yeah. And that's that's been a problem with me as far as, you know, labels, record labels go. Um, The thing I've heard the most often is we don't know where to put you because it's not country, but it's not rock and roll. It's definitely not hip hop, even though there's hip hop influences, it's Mm -hmm. definitely that. But it's not folk music either. We, We don't know where to put you and if we don't know where to put you we don't know who to market to and if we don't know who to market to we can't sell your record which is what we do so i'm sorry but we're gonna have to pass and it's like okay well and that but 
somewhere there's got to be something <laughs> or some that understands what it is I do and will understand how to get it in front of new people. So that's that's what I'm looking for. I haven't found it yet, but that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Why don't you try uh, Rhyme Sayer? See, see what the... Yeah, no shit. I, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So I, yeah, so running, um, so with Cody, uh, Cody Jinx, uh, obviously it must be the whiskey, uh, you wrote, how does that, how does that feel to hear, you know, a big crowd listening or listening to that with Cody Jinx? Man, singing it? That, uh, that was the first song of mine that Jinx recorded. It was also the first song of mine that anyone recorded. And it's also been the most successful um, I was headed back from a West Coast tour with Colter Wall in December of 2018. And I saw that Jinx was doing a, an acoustic Christmas concert in Dallas. So I called him up and I said, hey, man, we're going to be coming through Dallas. Um, can I come to the show? And he was like, well, if you're coming to the show, you might as well perform. So I performed and I didn't do that song uh, during my set. Uh, it had just come out a couple months before, so I was leaving it for him to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he called me out to sing it with him. Um, and it was at the Majestic Theater in Dallas. There was 3,000 people there. It was sold out. And that was the first time I had ever um, heard a crowd of people that big sing a song back to me that I had written. And sure at that, that had point... To feel awesome. Man, I, at that point, I had been on the road for 15 years. No one really gave a shit at all, ever, mm-hmm. until Must Be the Whiskey came out. And then, you know, some people started paying attention. But I had never had anything like that happen. And I am eternally grateful to Chris Couture. He took this picture. This is me and Jinx. This is the moment that I heard him sing it back to me for the first oh, time. Wow. And if you could see my face in the front, you'd see that I'm crying because it meant so much to me. But that's why Jinx has that big smile on his face. He knows. Yeah. Ex- <laughs> he knew. He knows that's exactly. Awesome man. Picture. Yep. So I'll never forget that man. I will never forget that. That's so. Were you guys friends before this, or how did the how did it all come about? So we played a festival together in 2015. 15 or 16 in my hometown in Maryland, where I'm from. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Cody and Whitey and Sonny Sweeney and us and Billy Don Burns um, was the festival lineup. And excuse me, he and I had talked uh, just kind of like, my name's Josh. Nice to meet you. Hey, what's up? I'm Cody. Da, da, da online but we had never met in person that's the first time we met in person um and that day he stood at the side of the stage him and josh thompson his bass player stood at the side of the stage and watched my entire show that day and uh when i came off the stage he was he was standing there he said man that was great we should write together i said i'd love to so he gave me his phone number and then at some point between then which would have been 2015 or 16 and June of 2018, which is when must be the whiskey came out sometime in that time span. I obviously had sent in the song, but it was, it took me, it was like two years, dude, before I got up the courage to send in the song. Cause I'm not that guy. I'm not the guy that's like, here, listen to my song here, listen to my song. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's 
that's not me, man. Um, but I had written this song, uh, and I was like, man, that sounds like Cody Jinx. So I had it ready to go, and I had been playing it on my morning Facebook things here and there, mm-hmm. and just making a joke that if anyone knows Jinx, tell them I got a song for him. <laughs> well, he sent me a text out of the blue one day that said, hey, man, I'm getting ready to go into the studio to work on, it was his lifer's record at the time, yeah. and he said, do you have any songs that you think would work? And I said, well, actually, I do. So I sent him over the phone recording that I had. No bullshit. 20 minutes later, or about 20, 30 minutes later, he sent me back a recording from his phone of him doing it. Holy and, shit. And uh, still have that, that recording on my phone, man. I still have that recording on my phone. And then um, next thing you know, you know, here we are, however many years later, seven, eight years later. Um, so that's a very long-winded way to answer your question. No, I did not. It's perfect really know him too well before we played that festival together after we played that festival we became good friends and that's why i say i owe any type of quote-unquote success that i've had to playing live any relationship that i have uh any song i've ever gotten recorded by someone else anything any quote-unquote success that i have had can be traced back in some way to playing live and that's why i tell people when they ask me for advice, I tell them play any and everywhere that'll have you. I've played slaughterhouses, I've played furniture stores, I've played grocery stores, I played a funeral home parking lot one day. Wow! wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've I've played them all, and uh, anything that's happened in my career can be traced back to playing live. So, oh shit, that's an awesome story, man. I appreciate you, man. Yeah, I never, uh, I never knew how that, you know, uh, hookup got. Um, we actually, I just seen uh, Cody. Uh, where was it? Milwaukee at the Harley Davidson Fest. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a good time. Awesome. Was it? Yeah, they put on a great show, man. They put yeah. on a great show. They always do. I, I like it. In, uh, I, it was a good time at the festival. Uh, you know, I like a, uh, you know, the more uh, personal shows that he, uh, he's played or any really any artist plays. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a good time, man. Awesome. Um, so, do you? What's the new uh, name of your your album coming out, or do you have a name yet? So I think it's just going to be called Josh Morningstar, man. I'm okay. uh, I'm not a, a a fan of the recording studio. I'm I'm a troubadour, man. I'm I'm a live guy. I'm I feel I'm much better in a live setting than I am on record. So yeah, I, I've never really liked my recordings. Um, but this one I did with a guy named Jay Took. He used to uh, worked on it together. And uh, it, we recorded it in Nashville. And I got to say, man, I think it's pretty damn good. Um, so with feeling how I feel about it, I think I'm just going to have it be a self-titled record because I'm proud of it for like yeah. the first time. <laughs> So that's good, man. All right. Yeah, well, I dig it. I'm excited here. Hey, man, it was a pleasure and an honor to talk to you, bud. Brother, it's all mine, man. Thank you very much for letting me come on. I appreciate you, dude. Yeah, no problem. So when we do, uh, we'll probably release this uh, in a couple of weeks or so. Is there uh, any uh, song that we could play 
um, on there. Play, or? play okay. any of them you want to, man. Awesome, man. Well, hey, Josh, I appreciate it again coming on and, and sharing your stories. And, uh, yeah, keep in touch, buddy, because uh, definitely definitely want to do this again when your new album comes out. Well, brother, I appreciate you having me on, man. I had a blast talking to you. Thank you. And uh, please make sure that I'm aware of when it comes out because I'll share it and do all that stuff when it does. Yeah, will do. Yeah, keep in touch, buddy. When your new album comes out, I want to talk to you again, all right? I'd be honored, man, anytime. All right, man. Take care, buddy. Once again, thank you for listening to The Chris Court Show. Remember, if you have a band or business, or know someone that has a band or business, send all the info and MP3s to chriscourtshow at gmail.com. Chicken nuggets and cranberry sauce. The Chris Court Show.